Welcome to Seize Your Midlife, the podcast exclusively for midlife women. I'm your host, Bree Schumacher. We are going to dive into all the things from health and hormones to beauty and wellness. We'll be asking the question, what's my midlife purpose? And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? We'll also be interviewing women who've taken leaps or made U-turns in midlife. This conversation is going to be engaging, sometimes educational, a little bit funny, and always real. It is my sincere hope that you find your midlife purpose and lead your most fulfilling life. So join us on this journey to seize your midlife. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize Your Midlife. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much to all of you that have reached out to me to say how much you've loved the podcast so far. It is warming my heart. So I am glad to be here another day with you. And I want to start off this morning with a little quote. I hope your life is full of, I can't believe you did this more than I should have done it. I saw this on a friend's Instagram story and I screenshotted it. I don't know about you, but whenever I see something good, I'm like, ooh, best screenshot it. And I wanted to remember the sentiment of that quote. That pretty pink little picture has lived in my phone for nine months now. And every time I see it, I literally scroll back in my mind for an amazing, I can't believe I did this story. And why do I think it's important to think of these stories of a lifetime or a moment that's already passed? Because I don't know about you, but midlife can be kind of mundane. It's pretty repetitive. And more than anything, it's full of unending responsibilities. Carting my kids around, paying bills, going to Target, doing laundry is how I feel just thinking of that list. But then I remember, oh, I used to be cool. I'm sure you've said that before. Well, at least I hope so, and I'm not the only one. My kids make fun of pictures that they see of me back in the day with my 80s perm. And I'm like, guys, mom used to be cool. And they look at me like, yep. I'm sure, sure, mom. And I say it among my friends when we make our 5.30 dinner reservation. And we're like, oh, yeah. Remember when we used to go out at 10 p.m.? And we would wear tank tops in the snow in Chicago. Gosh, we were really cool, weren't we? And probably the most often is I have this conversation with myself when I'm crossing my legs, when I sneeze. And when I'm putting on my three layers of serums and face creams at bed, but the conversation goes more like, I used to be cool, right? (laughs) Because it's easy to forget that we were cool. And the truth is, I was just saying to one of my friends, probably nobody that actually is cool says cool anymore, right? I'm sure I'm dating myself, but you don't care. You're also in midlife. And so cool feels fitting for whatever it is. I don't know what they say now. Bussin? I'm not sure. But I'm going to say cool. It fits me and it probably fits you too. And here's the thing. We still are cool. You are cool. 
So I am going to remind you today of that. I'm going to tell you three stories. And the reason why I'm going to tell you these three personal stories of mine is because I hope they jog your memory and they make you say, oh yeah, there's that time where I couldn't believe I did that. So story number one, one of my favorites, tubing down the Amazon. So my friend Danielle and my younger sister Maddie and I went on a trip to Ecuador. And when I say trip, I mean group trip with seniors, senior citizens. We were probably the only ones under 65. And it was a whirlwind trip. We made all these stops. And one of the stops was the Amazon. And when we got there, our guide was like, okay, and now we're going to go tubing. And I'm like, wait, tubing? In the Amazon? I mean, what is that safe? What What is in that water? And our guide was like, no problema. No hay nada. There's not a problem. There's nothing. I really wasn't sold. And if you know me, I don't even barely get in the pool. So I'm like, yeah, you guys, I think we're good. Let's just watch. So as we're standing there, we see this woman who's on our trip. Remember, these are seniors. And she's got a colostomy bag. And she comes running down the muddy hill to go grab a tube out of the murky water to get into it, into her swimsuit. And we look at each other and we're like, oh, God, if she is doing it, we have no choice. Like, we are the youngest ones here. We need to do this. So I go pick up the tube that they have allotted for me, which is like a child's inner tube. I'm not kidding. Like one you would bring into a pool. Because if you don't know me, I'm very tiny. So they give me this child's inner tube. And I get into the Amazon. And my booty is hanging out for all the piranhas and anacondas and all the things that I'm 100% sure are in the water. And I could tell you that I was calm, cool, and collected, but that would be a bold-faced lie. I was a spaz, and I started freaking out and flailing, and I fell out of my tube. And Danielle and Maddie talked me back in and calmed me down. And so we were doing good for a while. We were bobbing down. We were laughing. We were enjoying ourselves. Then all of a sudden, it was like, ooh. I don't see anyone else on our tour. And I don't see any boat in sight. And at this time, when we looked out, it looked like the river had like expanded and the trees were kind of coming in and it was gray and misty. Like think gorillas in the mist is what the vibe was. So it started to feel a little bit like, and just as I was starting to get panicky again, I see our boat come into sight and I'm like, ooh, our boat. And I start paddling as fast and as hard as I can in my little blue inner tube. And the rapids were pulling me in the opposite direction. So my sister makes it to the boat and they pull her up into the boat. And I start drifting in the opposite direction fast. And I'm yelling out, Ayudame! Which just helped me in Spanish. And yeah, nobody helped me. <laughs> it was panicking. I was envisioning that this bend that I could see coming up, I was going to round it and there were going to be just rapids, huge rapids like you see in the movies and I was going to go tumbling to my death. So I was like seeing Hail Marys and yelling out a million more Ayudames. And my friend Danielle, who is the calmest of our trio, purposely stayed with me to talk me up the ledge. And so she's yelling like, calm down, you're fine, you're fine. And sure enough, the imaginary rapids never came into the picture and another boat came and they pulled me up into the boat safely. Someone at that very moment took a picture. 
and I look like I've seen a ghost. I am white. My hand is on my heart. I look exasperated. But you know what? I look at that picture and it is one of my all-time favorite pictures of me because I'm like, yeah, you know what? I tubed down the freaking Amazon people. I may have been spazzy and super afraid and a crazy lady while I was doing it, but I did it. I can't believe I did this. Hell yes. Okay, story number two. I hitchhiked in Cuba. Okay, I didn't technically hitchhike, but Cuba does not have a good infrastructure, which I'm sure you already knew. And so when you are there and you want to get from one city to the next and you're not on a formal tour like we were, you have to basically go around and ask people to take you from one city to the next. So someone had recommended us to Bieber. And I call him Bieber because that's what he was listening to when he picked us up in this 1952 blue shiny car with plastic covering every inch of the interior. He was blaring Justin Bieber. And truth be told, he actually looked like a young vanilla ice with like the cheekbones and like the gel. But either way, we felt very cool belting out Bieber in this sweet ass ride. We didn't care that we were like hot in the backseat. We were like, yes. So we're driving along, everything seems fine. And then all of a sudden, Beaver pulls over on the highway. And so like dust and rocks and everything are sputtering up. And this Russian brown, like beat up Lada pulls up behind us. And you heard me right, Russian car, because those are the newest cars you can get in Cuba. And by new, I mean like circa 1985. And we see our two giant suitcases come out and get set on the side of the road. And we see Beaver and the driver of the Russian car exchange a stack of money and a handshake. And I look at Maddie, my sister, and I'm like, oh my God, I think this is it. Like, this is how we're going out. And she's like, yeah, it appears that way. <laughs> so Beaver comes to the window and he's like, hey, Ishael, the guy of Russian driver. He wasn't Russian. He was Cuban, but the Russian car, he is going to take you the rest of the way. We're like, uh, okay, because we really had no choice. We're on the side of a highway in the middle of nowhere, Cuba, right? So we get in this little tiny Russian car that the windows are so tinted that we can barely see out and there is no air conditioning. And so we like are squished together and we're riding along and literally there are signs on the side of the road that are anti-American, like blockeo and a fist punching the U.S. flag. And so we're like, oh my God, what have we gotten ourselves into? But shortly thereafter, we pull up in front of this little colorful house with two rocking chairs outside. And there's like an old leather man sitting in one of them. And Ishael turns and faces us and says, it's me, Papa. And he runs out to the car and we stay inside. And he comes back with a gas can, like one of those red gas cans you see, you know, at the gas station. And he starts filling up the car with gas. Okay. The car is still running. The car is on and we're in the back seat and gas is coming into the car. And this time it was Maddie that looked at me and was like, oh, oh God, I think this might be it. And I'm like, yep. Think it might be. But again, we're at the mercy of the situation. And luckily, we lived through it. And Ishael gets back in the car and says, Vamos, in this friendly voice. And we ramble along to the next stop. 
where he picks up his girlfriend, who also gives us a big smile, and she's pretty, and she's got these long, painted fingernails, and they drive us safely, no problems, to the next town we were going to, Trinidad. And I had heard before we went to Cuba that toiletries are really hard to come by. So I hand Ishael his tip, and then a bag of all these little toiletries that I had made men's bag of toiletries. And apparently that tip was a good one because Ishael gushed. He was so excited. He told me to put his cell phone into my phone and that if we ever come back to Cuba, that he would be our driver. And his girlfriend was equally as enthusiastic and sweet to us. And that trip reminded me of two things. One, humanity is generally good, even when you're suspect of it, right? But also the entire ride, I kept being like, oh gosh, I can't believe we're doing this. This is crazy. But it was worth it. It was one of those, I can't believe I did this moments. I highly recommend Hitchhiking in Cuba. No, I'm just kidding. But it sounds cool, doesn't it? Okay, story number three. I followed a Mexican band. Listen, this isn't just a story. This was a whole era. And you can't make this stuff up. I promise you this is real. So I studied abroad in Mexico my junior year of college with my friend Tiffany. And one of our very first nights there, we were at this little tiny bar and there was a band playing. And this band looked like quintessential rockers. They had long, black, curly hair. They were wearing black clothes from head to toe. And they all smelled of the same cheap grocery store cologne. And Tiffany and I were out on the dance floor dancing, dancing all the wrong dances to all the songs in Spanish. And we were drinking cold souls from a bucket and we were having the time of our lives. And at the end of the night, the band invited us to go for 4 a.m. enchiladas. See, I used to be cool. And so we all piled up into their little beat up VW, the whole band's me and Tiffany, and all the equipment, like the drums, the speakers, everything. Okay, this was a VW Golf, so you can imagine. But we sure felt like we were cool. Well, this scene was on repeat for the whole semester. And truth be told, we fell for these rockers. Me for the guitarist and my friends for the singer. So at the end of the semester, we were heartbroken. We went home that summer to work and to try to figure out how the heck we were going to get back to Mexico. Back to the band. So I found that we can enroll as Mexican students into this university that was in a small colonial mountain town. The town was called Tasco. It was $250 for 14 credits. And we found this little casita that was $250. And it came with a daily maid and it had a pool. Okay, sold. We're there. So we moved to this town. The problem is it was almost three hours away from where the band was now playing. And it took us like three buses to get there. But every Friday, we would pile on the bus and head to go see the band. And we would stay in this crappy hotel and we would eat dollar tortas from the street. But we were having the time of our lives. And every Sunday, we'd head back to Puebla, which is the closest big city. And when we would be sitting in the hotel lobby, eating some fabulous Mexican appetizer, like tortillas with salsa, homemade salsa, and we would be joking back and forth with each other, like, oops, I think we're about to miss the bus. Oh, yep, I think there it goes. And we were knowing darn well we were not getting on that bus, which means we were going to miss school on Monday morning. 
Let me tell you that I missed graduating magna cum laude at the end of my college career because of that year in Mexico. But oh, I do not regret it. God, I look back at dancing in my black pants, which were very tight, by the way, because I gained 20 pounds with all that amazing Mexican food. But the dancing and the singing at the top of our lungs in Spanish and the clinking our souls, when I think about that, I see this person that right now in midlife feels foreign and so far away. But when I think about her, I am reminded of a spirit that I love in myself. And yeah, that I had cojones. And I love that. Memories are good like that. I can't believe I did this. So I want you to think about what's your story or your stories. I literally have so many. I am the story queen, but I will spare you if I'm telling you another story. And if you want to hear one, you can buy me a cold soul and we will cozy up at a Mexican restaurant and I will tell you all the great stories. But right now, I want to hear your stories because I know you have them and they will light me up. So send me a message on Facebook or Instagram at Caesar Midlife and tell me your story. And also, and I think more importantly, is I think you should think of more ways to embrace I can't believe I did this moments into your life right now. I am not recommending that you go follow a band in Mexico and that you did your life, but do more things that remind you of who you are, that light your fire, and say yes more often. So this winter, like recently, Last month, I went to El Salvador a week with my sister, and we went to the zipline park. You know ziplines. They're like very high up in the air, and this one was overlooking this huge coffee plantation. And it was unique because they had this bicycle you could ride across the zipline. And my sister was like, yeah, I'm doing that. She's brave like that. She's also in her 20s. So there's there's that. But I'm watching her, and I'm – freaking out just watching her because she has to manually pedal one whole way there and all the way back. And even she was like hyperventilating when she made it back to the platform. And I'm like, yeah, nope, no, not in a million years am I doing that. But there was another option and it was to take this surfboard across the zip line. And the surfboard was moved for you. You didn't have to manually surf, okay? So I was like, maybe I could do that. And it went really fast. But it was still way up high. And so I'm sitting there for like 20 minutes watching person after person do it. And every time they come back to the platform, I'm like, how was it? Were you scared? What do you think? And the more I stood there and the more that I talked to people, the more I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Nope. So I tell my sister, I'm not going to do this. I just can't. It's too much. I'm too afraid. She's like, Brie. I know you, and you're going to regret it if you don't do it. I think you should just do it. So this came back to me. I can't believe I did this versus I should have done it. She was right. She didn't know me, and I know myself. I was going to regret it if I didn't do it. So I got up there, and I was visibly shaking. Like, my knees are shaking. I'm literally doing the sign of the cross 52 times. I am freaking out. They strap me in and I start whizzing down the zip line. And I am saying to myself, not in my head, but out loud, you are strong. You are brave. You are a bad ass mom. <laughs> and I did it. And you know what? 
I carried that I am a badass mom attitude back home with me. And you know what? I think I'm still a little bit on that I'm a badass mom attitude. I realize that neither you or I can go running off to international locales every time we want to get our mojo back, right? It's not possible. But the truth is those I can't believe I did this moments, those moments that remind you that you're cool, they exist right by you in your town, no matter where you live. Go yoga? Uh, yes, please, sometime soon. Stein holding contest? Uh, yes. I'll do it. Sign me up. Beekeeping class? Yes, please. Check. Done. There are so many opportunities right in your own hometown. And if you look around you, you will be like, yes, I'm going to do that. Yes, I'm still cool. And I can't believe I did this. These things, these opportunities to say yes are everywhere. Even if you didn't spend your 20s doing crazy things, you still have a reel of I can't believe I did this moments. I know you do. What I'm hoping you take away from today is that your reel hasn't stopped. Your reel is still playing. So go and find those things that light you up, that light your fire, that remind you that you have cojones and you are cool too. Go chase your reel. Seriously, friends, I am humbled and grateful that you are listening. I am so glad to have this conversation today with you. And if you would so kindly rate the podcast, give a review, follow it, share it with your friends, I would greatly appreciate it because it will bring more people to this conversation. And the more women that join in this conversation, the more full it will be. I am rooting for you. I think you are the coolest. Have a great day. 